Hey everybody, it's your girl Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. I'm super excited. We've had a great season. This is the second to last uh, episode. Next week we're going to be live and we'll you'll hear something about that in a little bit. But this week we are digging through um, Pixar's Up. Now this is a, another one of those movies that you guys requested Um pretty much that everybody wanted me to do up everybody really really wanted to hear toy story incredibles those classic movies and up is another one that is very classic with so many messages in it and so i'm gonna dig in and you know how we do we start from the beginning because that's just how we start so in the beginning of up we hear the um beginning portion is basically like an intro to um what Carl's life is like as a kid he is a young adventurer who loves to hear the stories of Charles Muntz which you know is he's an adventurer right a grown-up adventurer in the movies right and so while Carl is enjoying the movies and exploring around his city or around his space, he finds an old little space inhabited by this girl named Ellie. And Ellie is also an adventurer. She has jo- formed a club for adventurers, which is, you know, inclusive of her and her only her. Um, and when Carl sneaks into her, her little uh, club meeting, she gets to talk with him and, and figure out who he was even though he doesn't talk much she begins to show her personality that she's in love with adventure and that um she invites him to join her right with certain adventures and what we know throughout the beginning of this mantra that it's not just the adventures when they're kids but as we see their relationship develop as they get older they get married they go to on all of these special dates and they're just you know cute little picnics and cute little things and it goes on through out Ellie's life that she goes from a little kid to a an adult and marries him and then that when they find out they can't have kids then they try to make you know another determination of what they can do with their lives right so since they aren't able to have kids they decide that they're going to go on adventure to Paradise Falls now you know what we tend to think is a I guess in a detour in the road or something in our life that didn't match up with the timeline that we have. Um, nine out of 10 times tends to send us on greater adventures. So while she was expecting that when she got married, Ellie was expecting she would get married to call and they would immediately start, um, you know, prepping for a baby. So they start painting this room for this baby that's going to come and they aren't able to get pregnant. So what do you do when you've had a plan and you had a, uh, something in your mind that you intended to do and something in your mind that you thought you, you should do or that would be um, you'd be able to do, right? And you like, okay, all of the pieces are lining up and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out the way you plan and envision because maybe for Ellie's friends when they got married, they had kids, but for Ellie and Carl, they didn't get to do that. But maybe on this journey that they were supposed to take, they were not supposed to have kids. Maybe on this journey, they were supposed to be married and enjoy the adventures with each other. And they had to find an alternative so where they weren't constantly 
constantly grieving the fact that they had um, missed out on what they wanted or missed out on being able to get what they want. So they had to uh, basically do what we have to do is sometimes forsake the ideas and the plans that we have in order to embrace the adventure that God wants to take us on. Because sometimes like we can be held up and held back by our own perception of what our life should look like. And so once they grieved the fact that they could not have kids, they were open to receive the next next adventure. And their next adventure looked like them going um, on a trip and going on the trip was to uh, engage with or to hang out with uh, these or hang out with each other first off and hang out with each other, not only in state, but they wanted to go to this place called Paradise Falls. It was the adventures place where Charles Muntz had been and that was their childhood like dream. So they started saving and every time they started saving to get to uh, Paradise Falls, something would happen where they would have to break in that little stash so like if if it wasn't the roof was caving in or you know or they needed remodeling on the house or they needed you know something else fixed it was like all of these things kept coming back to back and it's like we're trying to save for our next dream and we're not able even to do that We've got to we've got to get over the fact that we're trying to, you know, we have one plan to fail. So when we're not trying to do another plan and the funds aren't there. So it's kind of like they were being pushed and pulled out of their next plans, out of their wills, out of those things that they had planned up until the point where they kind of just like let go of the dream to Paradise Falls. And and they really started letting go because Ellie got older. They both got older and Ellie was having uh, hard times, like just even getting to the picnic space. And so once Ellie passes, um, she she passes away and Carl is left um, by himself. Right. So he's had all of these adventures with Ellie, um, but she is now gone. And so now he has to figure out what life looks like without her now it is very interesting that what we see is him get dressed we see him go downstairs we see him go outside to sit on his porch and all around him there is development all around his house every place but the plot where his house is on is being developed by this one um, tycoon, this one person who has bought the properties and the lands around him, but he will not sell his land. He will not sell his house. He will not give up that space um, because it is a space where him and Ellie has created a life, right? And so what looks like um, destruction to him is actually development to others. They're actually trying to build things around him, right? Because he is seeing all of the things that he had come become accustomed to come down. He is seeing all of the things that were in the neighborhood come down, but he is holding on to the little piece of Ellie that he has left and that happens to be the house that they lived in now while he's trying to hold on to that a young man named russell comes to ask carl if he needs any help and because it's you know he is a short um he is short a really well he has a pull out of him is he is short a elderly badge or a assisting the elderly badge and once he gets that badge he gets to become a senior wilderness explorer well because Carl doesn't really 
want to engage with him. He sends him on this mission to find a snipe, which he says is getting into his house. It's bothering him and it's two blocks down. So he sends Russell away, hoping that he'll send him away. But unfortunately, what he didn't really understand was that he needed uh, to embrace Russell versus send him away. There are some people that come to assist us, that come to uh, help us in the next phase of our life, help us to grow and move forward, help us on the next adventure. But because we are stuck in the old and the comfortability of not having responsibility for anybody but us, we tend to push away those who are able to propel us into the future. Yeah, that's going to make sense a little bit later. So he sends him away on a fake ish, uh, fake uh, mission to go and find this little snipe that doesn't exist. But it doesn't necessarily work out in his favor because while he's out, you know, outside, a truck ends up backing up into his mailbox. And while the man in the truck was very apologetic and he was trying to fix the mailbox, uh, Carl was so offended that his mailbox was off. So he's trying to put it back on and the man is trying to help him. And it looks like the man is trying to pull, but he's actually trying to help him put it back on correctly. And Carl doesn't want him to help anymore. So the two, he, they're going back and forth until Carl picks up his walker with the tennis balls at the end of it and hits the man in his head. And when he hits the man in his head, it starts to bleed. And from that moment, it looks like an act of violence, which which uh, allows the people that live around him to be able to make the claim that this man or not live around him, the man that is trying to build around him can make the claim that now Carl is a menace to um, the community. Like he is actually trying to uh, be a troublesome person in the community. And since he's older, he needs to be put away. What we don't really understand is that Nine times out of 10, we get ourselves in certain situations because of our response. Because he wouldn't let anyone help, he didn't want the man to help. He was more offended than he was willing and receptive, right? Because of all of those responses in the midst of grief, it made him do something that would have probably been out of his character if Ellie was still alive. If, if Ellie was still alive, he probably wouldn't have hit that man with a cane. He probably would have been a little bit more gentle. But because he was already grieving and on top of that, the things around him are changing. The transitions are happening and they're happening faster than he can put his finger on. He ends up doing something out of his character. But when you do something out of your character, you leave room for somebody to label you something different. And because they labeled him something different, they were able to get a a court summons, like a judge ruled that he would have to move out of his space. And so now, now he's stuck because the, the, the one place he wants to be is with Ellie. The one place he wants to be is in the house that he and Ellie built together, that they've lived together with all of their memories and mementos. And now he has to make a decision. And so what he decides to do is something that most of us would never, ever do. And so what he decides to do is put on his house all of these balloons. Now, when Ellie was alive, he would, you know, work by and be by this balloon cart that would always take off because it had more um, balloons 
than it did weight in the carriage. So what he decided to do was put up thousands of balloons. I mean, if you look at it, it looked like thousands of balloons, right? And he puts up thousands of balloons and releases them. And when he releases them, they lift up his house. What am I saying? I am saying that in order to protect the thing that he technically wanted to uh, save those memories in order to protect his space, his house, he had to ascend. Lord have mercy. There are some times that we think that the best way to uh, protect ourselves from transition is to stay put and stay stuck. But really, it's to take the memories. It's to take the moments. It's to take the adventures to the next level. And so when he ex- uh, when he elevates, he goes up higher and he leaves the, el- the orderlies, right, that were coming to take him on to uh, another place of, of being stagnant, right? That, that retirement home where he wouldn't have to do anything, but just sit and hang out with the orderlies that, that he was forsaking that because he wasn't a guy who would just sit back and just take life as it comes. No, he and Ellie were adventurers and he owed it to Ellie and her legacy to do something and find adventure. He wanted to lift the house so that he could get to Paradise Falls. It was his idea that as he elevated the house, he could steer the house and steer it into South America. Now, What we realize is that once he gets up in the air after a while, he sits down and he hears a knock on the door. Now, he's high enough that nothing should be knocking on his door. But when he opens the door and looks to the right, he sees a very scared Russell with his back against the wall. And he he's freaking out because he's like, how did you get up here? And he's like, I was following what I thought was a snipe onto your uh, porch, but it wasn't a snipe. It was actually a mouse. And now, now he's got a kid on board with him. And the kid is somebody he never, ever wanted. Again, this is another time. Now, he, he's got he's tried to get rid of him before by making up something to get him away. But because this boy was super destined to be on with him he ended up with him even though he never intended to go high there are some of us that were attached to things that were transitioning and moving up and by default it moved us into the next level the next place even though we were never intending to go higher even though we never wanted to go higher even though we were comfortable on the level that we were in because we were called to help others we have to then ascend to. Yeah, we have to get used to um, the level that I was on was okay when it was just about me. But when I begin to desire to help other people and to bless others with my life, I've got to ascend even if it scares me, even if it terrifies me, I have to ascend. And so this little boy is you know, he's, he's wants to come in. Carl tells him no, of course, first. And then he tells him he can come inside. When he tells him he can come inside, he's never seen the inside of Carl's house. So he's looking at all of these things that are around in Carl's house. And Carl is just annoyed that he's even there. So he tries to turn down his hearing aid. While he's turning down the hearing aid, we know that, uh, Russell is telling him about the different kinds of clouds that are in the sky. And now he sees the kind of cloud that he studied and this kind of particular cloud brings thunder. Now, 
it would be fine and good and dandy if nothing was going on with this cloud. But because there's something that Russell is trying to warn uh, Carl about, Mr. Fredrickson about, Mr. Fredrickson can't afford to turn down his hearing. There are a lot of people who have been sent help and we have turned down the hearing of the help. We've we've stopped listening to the help because we want to do things by ourselves on our own because, you know, it's easier for me to just get what I have to get done. But the help is sent to help. And so you might not want to turn a deaf ear because the help is there to warn. The help is there to to let you know that there are some things that you don't see that are coming ahead. And had he just ignored him and stayed, you know, just completely ignored him, what would have ended up happening was the house would have probably been struck by the lightning from the cloud. But because he heard a rumble and turned his ear back up, he was able to hear Russell tell him again that this kind of cloud brings a thunder, brings lightning. And they were able to kind of steer the the uh, house a little bit out of the way. But as they're steering, some of his momentos, some of Carl's momentos come off the shelves, come off the, you know, come and all of the things that are in the house are kind of moving around and they're flowing around because they're trying to move this house out of this storm. But isn't it funny that storms tend to shake up those things that we have held, those things, those memories that we like to hold on to. The storms come to kind of shift us from holding on to them. And all we want to do is grab hold to what we've known. And what ends up happening is because he's grabbing for all these things, he ends up getting unconscious during the storm. But thank God he had help. See, most of us don't recognize that the help has knowledge and the help has knowledge because they are called to help us steer through some of the worst storms of our lives. Some of the storms that probably would have blown our vehicle to shrimmer, sh- uh, smithereens and, and some of the vehicle that, you know, the vehicle that we were going to ride in on, right, might have been uh, damaged had we not had the help to warn us of the storm, to steer us through the storm because there are many of us that have gone out of consciousness because of uh, whatever life has made us grieve and we've been unconscious for a moment or not able to hear or perceive what God is doing and you need someone who is able to have fresh eyes and fresh knowledge of the word of God who can direct you through the worst storms so that you're not stuck trying to uh, navigate a storm that you don't have any language for. You might have had language had you not rejected the help. <laughs> but but in this case, it was in such a way that the help could not be kicked out of, of, of the house. They were too high up for him to kick out the help. Yeah. And, and God desires to take many of us up to a place where we can't get rid of the people that he sends to us. Yeah. Where he we can't push away the the help that he sends the the people that are supposed to help relieve us of the responsibility of doing our adventure alone yeah he sends us people to help navigate us through adventure so well that in this movie 
this little boy navigates them not only through the storm, but he navigates them to another part of the world. He navigates them to the destination because he has technology that Carl didn't have. Yeah, Carl had the little cute little compass, the little old school compass, and it was cool to tell them in which direction they were headed. But the GPS that uh, Russell had was a little bit more advanced because he was able to steer them not only through a place, through a storm, but he was actually able to store them or steer them to a new place, new new state, new, new uh, area, and even a new country. And so there are some times that we think the help is supposed to just do the little basic menial tasks of keeping us together, helping us uh, like they think they're coming to do. But really, God is sending them as an extra set of eyes to help guide us through so we get to the place of destiny a little faster. It comes to the point where he wakes up and he literally doesn't even realize that he's been steered into purpose on purpose that this the storm was intentional it was he he had warning he had somebody on board who had knowledge of the storm so that that person was able to navigate through it yeah this is good to me and so because this young man is able to navigate through this storm he he you know finally they they're he's saying this is what carl is saying okay i'm going to uh, release some of these balloons so that the the um, house will lower down and I can get you at least on a bus. Because he doesn't even estimate that this boy has brought him into the country that he was supposed to be going to. That he's not still hovering over the space he was in when he went to sleep. When he was in consciousness. Um, that they're in a different level and, and because they're on a different level he can't even estimate where he is Geom, uh, geometrically, he can't even estimate the location of where he is because of high up, how high up they are. And so sometimes God has to again ascend you, take you up a little higher because we would be, be caught up in uh, what's going on on the ground. But He takes us up high, so we're not able to estimate where we are until He gets ready to set us, until He gets ready to level us, and until He gets ready to bring us to a a screeching halt or bring us to a land it isn't until Carl gets still enough and until the clouds clear enough that he's able to see that they have now landed across from paradise falls and so now all he has to do is float over there he he's excited and he wants Russell to climb the rope so that he can get on the porch and get in the house and steer the house to hoist and also to hoist him up right so they can steer the house over the paradise falls they can park have a good life the end well it doesn't happen that way because Russell can't do the thing that he wants him to do he wants him to climb up the holes and then once he gets to the top, he wants him to lift him up and hoist him up. Well, Russell doesn't Russell Russell doesn't have that kind of strength. And it is so imperative. It is so imperative that the leader doesn't send the help to do tasks that are one frivolous, like he sent with the snipe, but two that are too weighty. Give them too much responsibility. Give them something they can't handle. That you give them so much that they're able, they're not able to even complete the assignment because it was too much assignment from from the beginning. You didn't estimate 
that, yeah, they may have been able to navigate through a storm, but that doesn't mean that they were able to physically climb up a rope. That, that, that wasn't, you know, they, they might not have been able and ready or prepared to do that because maybe they'll do it in a, in a future season when they mature. But at this juncture, early in the adventure, they are not ready for that yet. And so it's will, it's, it's really important that we learn how to discern uh, what's appropriate work, what's appropriate assistance, and what is really the, the work that we're supposed to be accountable for. So what they decide to do is they walk the house. They are going to walk the house over to Paradise Falls, which means they have to tie themselves to the weight or tie their weight to the house and then leave the house over to this space. Now, he says it's probably going to take them about three days time and they have to continue to walk. Now, in the next scene, we see that there are four things running and they're running really fast. So we can't even estimate or make out what they are but they are moving very quickly and we see that the first thing is looking for an escape and it's running and it's running and it's running running but when it turns around we see three dogs with sharp teeth and red eyes and the animal that is being chased does like this hop flip over the animals and run in a different direction and we see that this animal is a bird-like animal and it's running from the dogs but before the dogs can get a chance to run you see a, a screeching sound halt their chase so they're not able to chase the, the bird like they were chasing them before and so they're backing up because this screeching sound is causing interference with them and so they run in another direction what we realize the screeching is when we take a little bit longer look in the scene is that Carl Fredrickson has a hearing aid that's providing feedback because of where they are. And the feedback is what's irritating the dogs. And that's why the dogs aren't able to focus on catching the bird. What I want to talk about this hearing aid, what I want to say about this hearing aid is that while it is helping Carl, it is uh, upsetting or annoying the dogs. And I want to point out to you that there are some things that are that are really literally helping guide you, assisting you, helping you to be clear. But they are really for those that are against you, for those that are not working on the same thing you're working on, for those who are not on the same goal, it's irritating them. Um, my um, my godmother, I remember this. I will never forget this message. I remember my godmother was preaching and she began to talk about how she likes to sleep in the dark. And she, you know, while she's sleeping in complete darkness, if even the alarm clock, which is a red light, right, begins to shine, it is irritating because she can't get complete rest because even that little light disturbs the darkness. She started to talk about how we are the light of the world, right? And so sometimes we come into dark places and while we may be a help to some, we are a irritation to others. And it's not that we're doing anything wrong. We're only doing the work of him who sent us. But the problem is to those who love darkness, light is an offense. And so I have to be willing to be offensive to those. Will we? I have to be willing to be offensive to those who are against the plan of God, whether it whether I want to or not, because I'm not on their team. And so I can't be mad 
that I'm scoring points for the kingdom because that's the team I'm on. I can't be mad that I'm helping God's kingdom because that's the team I'm assigned to. That's who I'm assigned to. I can't even be mad that God is doing things in my life to help me move forward as a testament to his goodness and his greatness. And there are other people that don't get the same favor. I can't help that. That's not on me. That's that's just who I'm aligned with. And, And when you realize that when you're aligned with the winner, you take all the help you can get. Father, lead me, guide me, lead me into the places that make people see you. And if they are irritated, they'll just have to be irritated because those that want light will attract to light. Those that want darkness will shy away from light, but they'll find their place in the darkness. Just remember that even when light comes into a room, darkness doesn't completely go away and exit. It's found in shadows. It's found under things, right? It's found under furniture. It's found under chairs and beds and things like that. So it isn't that the darkness completely hides or or it isn't that the darkness completely disappears, but it's just put in its place. And it is, we are called to be the kind of assistance to the kingdom of God that when we show up in a place that people hear the sound of ambulances when we show up. They hear the alarm, the siren of the ambulance, letting them know that help is literally on the way. Yeah. And it will be offensive to those who are trying to antagonize the kingdom of darkness. But it doesn't mean that you should stop your alarm. It doesn't mean you should stop ringing the alarm. It doesn't mean you should stop being the alarm. It just means that you have to be okay with them being irritated. And that's just what that is. Okay. So while they are walking, um, Russell is complaining because they've been walking for a while and he's tired. And Carl tries to scare him into moving faster because at this point, Carl is stop moving he's you know sat on his face or he's fell on his face to be able to be pulled by the uh the house and in order to scare him into moving faster Carl says uh hello you might want to move faster because if you don't move faster the lion or the tigers will eat you and Russell says there are no tigers in South America zoology which basically lets us know that while Carl was trying to manipulate him into moving in the pace that he wanted him to move, what he didn't realize is that while he had to go to bathroom, you know, Russell had to go to bathroom and that was the bigger picture, right? That was, he had to be relieved. He needed to get himself together. And while he was trying to manipulate him to move on the pace, which he wanted to go on this ride, he needed to realize that there is sometimes you have to stop and pause so that people can relieve themselves and get themselves together. So the help can restore themselves because they are no help to you. If they are always stuck in, in, in a place, of complaining. They are no help to you if they are not rested. They are no help to you if they are constantly tired. So you sometimes have to stop and give a breather to the person that is called to assist you because sometimes even Jesus knows this, right? Even Jesus knows that because while he created um, or while God created the, the
the earth, the whole entire thing that we see and don't see in six days. He even took one day to rest, letting us know that if he rested, it's okay for us to find relief and restoration. It's okay for us to find peace and rest. It's okay for us to uh, enter into stillness and to relieve ourselves, right? To, To get ourselves time to replenish and renew so that we can come back ready and not having all of those things that would once hold us back on our minds. Now, while Russell is relieving himself um, and, and really getting himself together, he finds tracks on the ground. And these tracks are big feet tracks. Like it, it looks like the bird we saw running, right? But he finds these tracks. And while he's looking at these tracks, he recognizes that, you know, these are tracks, right? He's looking at them, but uh, in his hand, he has a piece of chocolate. And so he hears the rustling of the bushes. And the next thing you know, the chocolate is being eaten. And the next thing you know, after that is he he sees a beak come out of the bushes. And then once he sees the beak and tries to, you know, lead the, the little bird out by, you know, telling him about the chocolate. What he realizes is that the bird is bigger than he thought. The bird is is a huge bird. And so he takes this bird back to Carl, who, you know, thinks he's talking about this imaginary snipe. And when he finds that he is talking about this bird, what he realized is that he doesn't need another companion. So Carl doesn't even want Russell on the trip. Why would he want another animal? Why would he want an animal on the trip? And so he tries to shoo away this bird, but the bird has now become attached to the help. The bird has found a, a, a liking or taken a liking to the help, and he doesn't want to uh, shoo on and go back on his way. And so while Carl is still trying to shoo him away, the, the bird is actually going into defense mode because now he's like oh I found something that I want to hang on to and you're trying to take that from me it's not going to happen and now we've got a bird that's willing to fight the man for the little boy (laughs) we've got someone who found value in the little boy who is the help and he is willing to fight against those things that want to be stubborn and, and stay in their own place, right? And stay in their own comfortability because they are trying to relieve or take him away from something he found pleasure in. He was willing to fight or to keep the help around, even if Carl wasn't. And what we realized is that because um, this bird had taken such a liking to uh, Russell, that Russell named him and that after he named him, he gave him instruction and the bird followed because of how he had treated them. See, what we tend to think is that if we want to enforce dominance, that we've got to shoo people away or we've got to exert all of this anger and energy and then people will conform because we're being mean or because we're exerting all of this energy or because we're raising our voice. And we think that that asserts uh, technically authority, but it really doesn't. And so what ends up happening is what he has to show him is that you really literally can just be kind. (laughs) And I wish this was something that we could, you know, kind of get, even if it is not your species, even if y'all don't think the same, even if y'all don't act the same, walk the same, talk the same, even if y'all on two different levels, two different pages, even if they are babe and you're, you, you know, you've been in the Christian world for a while. It's just nice to be nice. 
it's okay. There are some times, now I'm not going to say that you should be a pushover and that you just let people do whatever. No, absolutely not. What I am saying is that you have to sometimes, you cannot technically convert those who you uh, consistently uh, try to uh, corrupt or you can't even um, try to evangelize those that you literally antagonize. Like you cannot consistently beat people over the head and exert authority over them. That's called abuse. It's not, it's not going to happen that way. What you find is that a kind word or a soft word turns away wrath. It wasn't until Russell said, Kevin, no, he's a nice man. And we're going to take care. Like we don't, we don't fight against him. That Kevin was like, okay, you know, he's a bird and he gets the message because somebody came at him with a tone that was acceptable with a, uh, you, I have your best interest at heart kind of mentality. And see, we can't even begin to reach people who we don't want to uh, engage with kindness. The Bible even says that with loving kindness, even God draws. So if we are representatives of him, how dare we draw with this push away, this get out until you've grown or this move away from me until you've gotten to a certain level mindset. No, 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 no. That if we are supposed to be ambassadors for the kingdom that we say we're ambassadors for, then how is it that we're pushing people away who want to be a part of the kingdom? Yeah. Who want to join us on the journey? We can't push away people who want to join us on the journey. But because Carl is really, really gung-ho on getting to this place and he wants to get there as quick as he can, he sees Russell and Kevin as liabilities. And what really ends up happening is he has to recognize that no matter what he says, Russell's going to continue to bring this bird along. He, he's he's going to continue to lead this bird along. And the, and the bird, because it wants to be led, it's going to continue to follow. The thing is, you got to be willing to be kind enough to extend the invitation and then kind enough to leave them if they don't want it. Yeah, the both are acts of kindness. It's extending the invitation into the new realm, into the new place, and then saying, okay, I leave you with the invitation. And now if you want to follow, here are the nuggets to follow. Here's the way that you must follow. Here's the way in which you must go. And those that want Jesus will follow. Those that want the information that you give, those that want to gr- draw closer and draw near to God will follow because they are in are attracted to the God in you and not just the goods, not just the goods. We've got to be willing to make sure that we are showing people not just the gifts, not just the good things about us, but we've got to even lead them to the father. We've got to lead them in the road, in the way of the father. Woo. I'm going to get off that soapbox, but that is a big problem that we tend to, you know, we tend to kind of, even if they don't look like the way we look or we, we don't see them the way that God sees them in the beginning, it doesn't matter. They are valuable to God. And because they are valuable to God, I've got to be careful with how I treat the help for how I treat those who come along on my journey. I've got to be careful. If I cannot say anything nice, then it is my choice to reserve to say nothing unless God is telling me to. Yeah, it is my choice and my desire to not pervert or not say anything that will lead them off the track. So I would rather be quiet until God tells me something to say. Yep. Yep. Resolve to be kind. 
is the gist of that. So anyway, so Cole, who is really, you know, moving forward with Russell and Kevin, um, they're going with the house, right? And as they are moving, they hear a voice ask if they are okay. And Carl thinks because of what he's looking at, that he's hearing, and because he hears the voice that is English, right? That is the voice of a man, that he is talking to a man. But when he comes close up on the rock, he sees that it is a rock and that it's a broken rock and that those broken pieces have formed to form to look like a man uh, but what's actually uh happening is they encounter a dog uh, another dog and this dog uh looks different from the dogs we've seen before but this dog has a a little cone on his head and a little collar on his neck and this dog uh when they tell him to sit he sits and they tell him roll over roll over and when they tell him to speak he actually speaks English. Now, his inventor or his master decided to make him a collar so that he's able to uh, speak dog, but it's translated to English. And so we've got now on this journey, because this dog comes with them because he wants the bird. So we've got uh, we've got a, a old man who's trying to get to Paradise Falls to keep a promise or to bring his wife into a place where she always wanted to be, right? So we've got him trying to reach the place where his wife can be pleased. We've got a young boy who's trying to assist the old man. We've got a bird who is trying to follow the young man who is assisting the old man. And we've got a dog who's trying to capture, whose goal and mission is to capture the bird who is following the young man, assisting the old man. This journey is made up with different pieces, with different purposes. But at the end of the day, they're all going in the same direction. And so we have to be willing to allow those things that even if they are walking with me, they may not be walking with me for the same reason, but they are signed to walk with me for the season. And until they are, you know, supposed to walk in a different direction or until they are removed from me, I have to be willing to let them come on the journey because we've got a bilingual dog. So the dog can both tell me English and he can, he can sniff like a dog. So I've got the, the, the body of a dog, the senses of a dog, and I'm able to, he's able to articulate as a dog but also as a human and so I have so many so much help on this trip but to the person who doesn't want anybody on the trip it may look like that you're adding more and more and more people to a journey that he just wanted to do in solitude yeah most of us want to go through our processes alone and there are some processes that you're going to have to go through alone but in this context and in this space this is not a journey where he had he could do it alone. This this was not a journey where he could do it alone, where he needed to do it alone. And we find out because of what happens a few uh, moments later. So the same dogs that were in the beginning chasing the bird are still trying to find the bird. And all they figure out is they're able to sniff, but everything they sniff Uh, relates to the old man and it doesn't relate to this new animal this new or the the bird that they're trying to catch so everything that they're trying to or everything that they smell smells like old men smells like prune juice and it only uh gets them as far as smelling where they have been right but what they realize is the master has also put on doug 
a tracking device. And so when they realized that Doug was with them, he says, uh, you know, you know, Doug, what are you doing? Doug's like, oh, well, you know, I'm captured. I've captured the bird. And they were like, yeah, right. We sent you out because we knew you weren't going to be able to find it. And we sent you out with the intention that you would just be, you know, busy being lost. And when they realized that he actually was able to find the the bird that they've been looking for, they now have it in. They 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 now have it in to be able to find the bird that they've been waiting for. And now they're able to track the bird because they underestimated Doug. They thought because Doug wasn't as seemingly as smart as they were, um, that they were going to be able to just lead him on a a wild goose chase to find the bird that he wasn't going to be able to capture. But because they underestimated him, they left room for him to be the underdog and for this underdog to come up into victory. And there are some of you that people have sent you on wild goose chases too. They sent you on their uh, abilities or what they thought purpose looked like. And they sent you on what they thought you should be. And while you were on the road to becoming what they thought you should be, you found who you were actually supposed to be. Yeah, you you found what you were actually made to be. And while you found what you were actually made to be. You you have to stay in that vein and not get stuck being what they want you to be. Now, Carl wants both Russell. I'm sorry. Well, he obviously he wants Russell to leave, but he can't get rid of him. So he wants Kevin and he wants Doug to leave. So he throws a ball and he throws a piece of chocolate to try to get rid of them. But he can't lose both of them because as soon as he gets to where he thinks is a running place or a place to run away from, they've already they're already there. Like they're already next to him. So it's like you're trying to outrun these people. You're trying to get away from them, but they're assigned to you. So they're not going anywhere. And I just want to you know point out that if there is an assignment on your life to a certain individual or group of individuals, don't try to uh, run away from the assignment because you will find that assignment in different places. What do I mean? I mean, if you, you're working a job, let's just say you're working a job and you get a new position, right? And and you never dealt with the assignment that God had had you to do at the old position. Guess what's going to show up at the new position? It's a pet test that you still haven't passed. So it's going to keep, you know, God is so gracious that he keeps giving us retests, even though we constantly failed the ones before. And so because we failed the test in a previous season, he rebrings that or he brings that thing back around for you to get another opportunity to pass the test. And until you pass the test, he makes sure that you have enough practice with that, uh, assignment that you have enough time to build so that you're not there and they won't haul off and leave you because you've got to pass the test for your purpose sake and so there are some people that are assigned to you to make you become so and they won't leave until you become they can't leave until you become you can try to lead them away you can try to push them away but they will stay put because they know they are assigned to you now it starts to rain and they have to camp out And Russell is trying to set up a tent, but he can't. And Carl's like, you're supposed to be like a wilderness explorer. Like, how can't you set up a tent? And we found out he's never actually camped outside. Um, And he's not, you know, where's your dad? He's supposed to be able to teach you how to do this. Well, his dad's always busy. And he hasn't seen his dad. But his dad has made a promise that he's going to be able to be there. That, you know, when he gets his badge, when he gets this new badge, or when he gets this badge for assisting the elderly, and they have this uh, senior 
wilderness explorer ceremony then the father's going to be there to, to put on the pimp and while it seems you know great that he's hoping for this this uh, ceremony we really find out the reason why Russell is so hung up on completing this badge it's not even for knowing that he's another level in uh, the senior wilderness explorer realm right he's not even trying to add that so that he can fill up his badges he really wants it because he wants to see his dad because he wants his dad like figure around because he wants his dad to be able to pin it there and for once he wants his dad to be able to show up and there are some of us that have put hope that maybe when we become something that somebody will show up to approve us and maybe it's not that you're supposed to become to approve. Maybe you're becoming because you're already approved. See, see, Russell wasn't becoming um, a wilderness, a senior wilderness explorer by, you know, helping this man. No, he was proving that he could be a wilderness explorer by helping this man. So everything that we do towards the kingdom of heaven or towards the the crown that God has in heaven for us, even all the things that we do to hear him say, well done, are not just for us to be able to show off because that the Bible tells us that he rewards the things that we do in secret. Yeah. So the things that we do outwardly to get the applause, the applause then becomes a reward. But then when I do stuff and people don't see it when I do stuff and I do it out of the kindness of my heart because I hear God say to do it because I'm obeying God because I trust him because I want to be a blessing when I do those things in secret then it is up to God to reward me openly right and when he does it openly it's not like I've done it for myself he he the father is then in charge of reward charge of the reward and because I did it in his will and because I did it for him I not only get the reward openly here but when I get to heaven the response of God the well done of God is that you not only capitalized on what I gave you but you made more out of what I gave you 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 capitalized on the assignment you completed the assignment you you poured out everything I asked you to pour out and now because you poured out everything now I get to lavish everything I want to lavish on you because there are some things that are imperishable. The Bible tells us that that we, you know, on earth seek for a crown that is perishable, but there's a crown imperishable, one that cannot be, uh, that cannot fade away, that cannot be taken away, that when God bestows upon us, he'll reward it to us on the day of great, that great day, that day where we get to see him, that day where we get to experience you know, express our love for the life that he's given us. And I don't want us to ever get so, um, so uh, in the mindset that we forget that our life is so that we live again. Our life is not just to be measured in what we did here, but what we did here was all for what we do in the next life. All right. So let's move on a little bit. So while, you know, all of this happens while they sleep, or when they go to sleep and when they wake up Carl wakes up first and Carl you know wants to get rid of <laughs> technically Kevin and Kevin has seemingly gone off and he doesn't see him so he's like I'm, you know I, I'm, I'm gonna you know try to leave him because I know that 
technically Russell would want to find Kevin, but let's go. So since we can't find him, let's go. And so he's like telling everybody, let's go get up. And as soon as Kev, uh, as soon as Russell opens his eyes, he's like, where's Kevin? And he sees Kevin up on the roof. He's, you know, playing with these, you know, balloons. He's doing all the things he's. And then we hear a screech come from another direction and we see Kevin screech back. And when Carl asks what that noise was, Doug responds with, those are his babies. And we see all of this food that Kevin has collected on the roof and he's collected it for his babies to take back. And so since Russell cares about Kevin, he's like, okay, well, we got to take him back to his babies. But Carl is like, no, there isn't enough time. I only have enough time for going to Paradise Falls. And while it is good that we, you know, have a clear goal set, clear mindset um, of where we ought to go, where we ought to be, where we ought to end up. We've got to be very careful that we don't ignore the pleas of others, the cries of others to help others get to the place where they're supposed to be. If they're on the journey with us, I can't forsake their freedom so that I can get to where I want to go. So remember, I told you the other dogs were tracking Doug and they come to get the bird. Well, Doug tells them to come back tomorrow because he'll have the bird tomorrow. Because when he talked to him the first time, he told him he had the bird. So he's like, oh, just come back tomorrow and I'll give you the bird, right? The dogs decide to capture Carl and Russell and bring them with them. So as they capture them, they're being surrounded at this point by dogs. And it looks like they're about to attack until a man stops them. And Carl finds out that this man is Charles Muntz, the one that they have watched for him and Ellie have watched as a kid, the adventurer from the adventure shows, the ones that they have, the whole reason that they're going to Paradise Falls is because Ellie was in love with this man and his adventures, right? And so everything Ellie wanted to become was because of this man, right? And so Charles announces as he talks to them that Russell and Carl are not intruders, that these people are guests. So Carl and Russell climb aboard his vessel right and they see things that he has collected on his adventures and uh carl tells charles that you know he's the reason that ellie even wanted to make this trip right and so we find out that eventually what that what has happened is they have called him a fraud and they've called him a fraud because he doesn't have any i guess proof of this bird right and we find out the bird that he's talking about that he wants to capture that he spent a lifetime trying to capture is Kevin and (laughs) we find out that he is on a a search to try to grab the bird as proof that he's not a fraud now remember I told you that the species came on the trip with with uh, Russell and Carl because Russell was kind to him Kevin came on the trip because Russell was kind because he had been running all this time from um, from Charles and from the dogs who were trying to make him proof, who were trying to make him the example of their greatness, trying to make them as the trophy of their greatness. And while, you know, Russell was just really trying to take him along on the journey with him and treat him with kindness, these other people were trying to make him into something that he was not. And so... It, it makes sense that he was trying to get away. It makes sense 
that he was running away, right? But Russell doesn't realize that he can't talk about who Kevin is. So what he says is, he says, oh, that bird is Kevin. And I, I feed him chocolate and uh, I trained him to follow me. You know, I trained him to follow us. That's that's Kevin, right? So now Carl now wants to leave, uh, but Charles doesn't want them to leave because he knows that they know how to get Kevin. Uh, and if they leave, they'll possibly try to take Kevin and they might actually be on the same uh, endeavor, right? Adventure to get Kevin as he is. And so uh, Carl is, you know, they're, they're really going at a standoff, right? And he wants to technically stop them but they end up taking off running, right? So Charles sends the dogs after them. And right, the four of them had a good, hard escape. But as they worked together, they were able to escape, right? They were able to escape only because they worked together. Again, if it had not been for Doug, and if it had not been for Kevin, and if it had not been for Russell, where in the world... What in the world would, what kind of adventure would Carl have been on? What would he ever, let's be clear, he probably would have never even made it to Paradise Falls in the first place, but let alone how would he have gotten through this part of the journey? And so sometimes God will add people to our journey, not for the moments that we are now. They may seem like, you know, they, they are on and they're extra right now and they're just another thing to come along this, alongside of you for right now, but maybe they are supposed to be someone that God sends to you for a later season, for a later date, and, and who they are supposed to be is not revealed at this moment. But what they are supposed to be at this moment right now is just along for the journey. And at the appropriate time, they all, ha- we when you all join together and come into agreement, you're able to escape the plans, the traps, the things that the enemy would set up against you. But you cannot ignore the help. You cannot send away the help. You cannot push away the help because ultimately they are there for your good. Now, after they successfully get away, uh, we realize that Kevin has hurt himself, right? And because he or herself, because technically it's it's a it's a girl. We find out that Kevin is a girl, so <laughs> Kevin has hurt herself, right? And really, Russell wants to help get her home. Carl says okay, but they've got to hurry to do it, right? Because he knows that. Charles is not giving up that in a minute he's going to be after them right so he's like if we're going to get this little uh Kevin home we got to get Kevin home so Charles asked the dolls what happened and they let him know that these uh the bird as well as Russell and Carl, uh, Carl have escaped because of Doug and they're not mad he's not mad that Doug is with them because if Doug is with them then there's a tracker still on Doug. See, we've got to be careful that the parts of our past aren't still tracking us, aren't still able to trace us. They don't still have a low jack on us because you ever notice that sometimes when you're doing the very best you can to be the very best you can and your life is actually starting to come into some sort of alignment, all of a sudden out of nowhere, the fools from the past 
find find whatever signal you've been given that says I'm about to break through. I'm about to go into the place I've never been before. I'm about to be what I've never been before. And once you break through, then they're like, oh no, I, if she can't, if she break through, she'll never be able to be tracked again. Oh my, if she breaks through, then all of the, the things that I, all the soul ties, all of the things that connected us will be null and void. So I've got to get her to turn back or I've got to seize her before she can uh, or track her in the place of her growth, in the place of her progress before she's able to get loose. Yeah, this is what happens because we tend to not allow God or ask God to remove the ties to the people and the things that would want to be or to bring us into demise. And so what ends up happening is they track Doug and because they dra- track Doug, just as they are releasing Kevin to get his kids or her kids, right? Uh, Charles in sends a his you see his ship come up and then he sends down this little a uh, net and catches Kevin. And while they are trying to get your knife, because we're gonna set Kevin free. While they're about to do that, Charles realized uh, or Carl realized that Charles set his house on fire, and because the house and the mementos and Ellie is more important than this stuck and this stuck bird who is, you know, technically trapped. He runs to put the fire out of the house and leaves Kevin stuck. And because he leaves Kevin stuck, the dogs and Charles take him, grab him and take him on the ship and go on about their business. What we've got to realize is that there is absolutely nothing more disturbing than us forsaking God's assignments for old seasons, for old things. And I get the mementos had, you know, had a hold on him. I get that his relationship, he was still grieving. He was going through all of those things, but because all of that because he was so busy worried about the old he forgot to protect the new now Carl says he's going to Paradise Falls no matter what so if Russell doesn't join him he doesn't join him and so he finally gets to the falls and Russell throws down his patch because he no longer wants to help the elderly he no longer wants to help the only elderly man in sight which is this man or Charles so both elderly men that he's known are both evil and he no longer wants to help the elderly at this point which means he's not going to be able to fulfill his requirements to become the senior uh, wilderness explorer now he finally makes it to the side of Paradise Falls right but it doesn't feel the same you can tell it doesn't feel the same right Um, because it isn't the same right it's not the same uh, experience. He's not with his Ellie, right? So, of course, it wasn't going to be the same. But he walks in the door, sits in the chair, and tr- finds everything disheveled, tries to set the chairs back up so he can remind himself that um, this is the place where he had always intended to get through to. So, he finds Ellie's book of adventures. And in the stuff I'm going to do section... She sees, he sees, I'm sorry, he sees that she has put every picture of everything that they have ever done together 
in this book, in this chapter. And while he was anticipating Paradise Falls being something that was worth her recording, she had every moment of their lives wrapped up from their marriage on all the way to when she was in her last days. And she wrote a note and the note that she left him said, thanks for the adventure. Now go make a new one. So her goal or her idea or plan for him was not that he be stuck trying to fulfill the goals for her or fulfill an adventure for her because she had had her adventure with him. Her adventure that was worth taking was with him. And while she thought the adventure would be eventually getting to Paradise Falls, every time they needed to get there, they couldn't because her adventure was with him. She had to realize that the adventure was not about going to the specific location, but it was going there with him. It was making a life with him. That's why she recorded and took pictures and everything was uh, documented of what they spent together, the time they spent together, how much fun they had together, because that was the true adventure. Could it be that we think that getting to a certain platform will be the adventure? Getting to the certain place will be the adventure. Getting to a certain dollar amount in our bank account will be the adventure. And God is like, no, 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 no. I wanted you on the adventure to meet the people. And when you meet the people, the time with them is the adventure. And so he realized that all this time he had been chasing a place with Ellie when he had always had a place, an adventure with Ellie. Ellie had enjoyed her life with him and now she was asking him to go find a new one asking him to go find a new adventure not the one that she intended for them to have together but there was something else that he needed to go explore and so he realizes that he needs to go and find Russell because you know that's his new adventure that's the new one that he's been sent to work walk the journey with right but Russell has tied himself to some balloons and he's taking a little, uh, I guess you'd call it a leaf blower or whatever. And he's blowing himself away because he decided he's going to help Carl. I mean, he's going to help Kevin, even if Carl won't. So Carl empties the house of the old so it will float and he can get to Russell. Now, in order for you to move forward, you've got to be willing, even in grief, to grieve and let go. Yeah, you've got to be willing to grieve and clear the house because if you grieve and continually keep the mementos and you keep and hold on to it. Now, granted, I'm not telling you to get rid of auntie's jewelry and all of that because some of that stuff does have value for you. But some things you're going to have to let go of because it's just not enough room. It's holding you down. And in order for you to go to the next level, you're going to have to release it. You're going to have to release even the ideas that that person that is gone on had for you. Even the things and the plans and the agreements that you had before they died, you have to let them go. Because there are some things now, let's let's say that the agreement was that you become great, that you would, you know, that you would do something with your life. That's a great agreement because that that's expanded enough to where you're able to fulfill God's plan for your life, right? It's it's broad enough to where you're not limited to a certain thing. But maybe somebody made a, a idea or a uh, covenant with 
their grandmother or their their person that passed on a person that passed on that they would be um uh, the the first doctor in the family well maybe you realize you don't want to go into the field of of medical medicine and and you're trying to be a medical uh you know in the med field and you're trying to do all of these things to appease someone who has lived their life and they're saying now like at this point you've got to find a new adventure you've got to push out the ideas of the old because that is not no longer going to serve you you've got to go after the next level the new height that will bring you the new adventure that is supposed to be attached to your life the new people that are supposed to be uh, attached to your life so um this is the great part because they Charles is Charles is excited about catching Kevin um and they get they also get and capture Russell because Russell you know is is a bomb so he you know he's going to go and get get Charles but I mean he's going to go get Kevin and because Charles and the dogs know this they see call if they what well, he says that if I see you, Russell, then I know Carl is not far behind. But he's also on his way with Doug. And while and he's on his way because Doug, you know, hid behind the porch when they were taking off. And he's like, I hope you're not mad at me. He's like, why would I be mad? I'm your master. Why would I be mad? I got to reclaim you. I've got to reclaim you to my journey. I've got to reclaim you to my journey. I know I said I didn't want you. I said I'm not your master, but I'm reclaiming you because you're a part of this new place, this new adventure that I'm supposed to go on. And there are some things that we have rejected that if they are still available, if God has still reserved them, we need to go back and say, God, if you give me another opportunity, I will do right by it this time. Father, you re- you gave this to me to be a blessing and I rejected it. Father, show me how to... Uh, to accept it show me how to do what you want and to embrace those who you want me to travel with um so carl goes through vents he even has to you know throw balls to get the dogs out of room so that he can save kevin that's very interesting that he had to go through vents because what he realized going through doors he would be you know he would run into the dog so he had to go an unconventional way in order to get the deliverance to uh the the kevin that he needed to get it to right so some of us are not willing to do it a different way. We're not willing to come out of our traditional way. We think that if we're going to go in, we got to go in and bust the door down. But maybe God is asking you to go the alternate way because he wants the unconventional way to be the way of salvation. He, he Think about how he came into this earth. It was unconventional ways. Most of the time, I love this song. During Christmas time, uh, Fred Hammond has a song called uh, Strange Way to Save the World. And he talks about how you know, it, the basically the lyrics are, you know, Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Why, why him? You know, or why here with all the stables filled with hay? Why, you know, why him with all the rulers of the world? And it's like, I'm not one to second guess. This is my favorite line of the song. I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to save the world. He even had, I'm sure Joseph had to recognize that using a virgin to come into the world, to be birthed into the world was an unconventional way, but it was unconventional because of the nature of what was going to be birthed. This was 
going to be a, a child that was not formed in man. It was a child that was going to be formed from God and woman. It was, it was something that God, it was of God. And so he didn't need the man to do it. And so because he didn't need the man to do it, he had to do it the way that nobody was expecting. I know everybody was expecting, you know, the, the savior, the Messiah to come on a white horse, but this Messiah came on a donkey. It was an unconventional, unconventional, a strange way, but God uses the strange way at times. The things that uh, make our really foolish. They are the ways that God choose because the foolish things he uses to confound the wise. He uses the strange way, not the strange woman, not the things that are against his will and plan, but sometimes he will go and go the long way around so that he's able to bring you out. Now, what ends up happening is they have to go through so many different fights and they have to literally do all that they have to do. But at the end of the day, what I realized is that he didn't really get to save them fully, save them and himself until he was willing to let go of the house. The house was the one that he had been holding on to this whole time. It had been, you know, it had been strapped to him. It had been strapped to Russell and people were carrying it, holding on to it by the rope, holding on to it by the holes, holding on to it by the little pieces, steering it, getting it through storms. And he was holding on to it because it symbolized Ellie. But once he realized that the journey was over with Ellie, he was able to release the house to flow on to where it was supposed to go as a symbol that he had to release Ellie and the, the adventure he had with her, the adventures he had with her in order to create new adventures. And uh, most of us have to do the same thing. We have to release those old things in order to embrace all of the new things that God has for us. Now, Russell, who at this point has now uh, gotten his last badge for being able to um, help the elderly. When he gets back to the earth, right, they get back to the ceremony. He's about to be promoted to the wilderness explorer. explorer, And they're looking for his dad because his dad didn't show up. But thank God that on this trip, on this journey, he found another father-like figure. And this father-like figure shows up and he says to give him the highest patch that he could give him, which was the Ellie patch, to remind him that what he did was more than just assist the elderly. He allowed the elderly to come to peace with his past. He did a lot more than just assist him to get to Paradise Falls. He helped him to come into another adventure and to make new adventures. And now the new adventures could begin because they both were willing to move forward into this new space. So maybe, you know, you you were trying to get uh, the next level, the next rank, or maybe you were trying to get to a certain place in life. But either way, once you have decided to enjoy the journey, then you start to realize that partnering with God and partnering with his will will only take your life into adventure, but it'll only take it up, 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 and up. Hey everybody, it's Nina T. I have a special announcement to share with you. So, 
If you didn't know, your girl is having a birthday. That's right. It's April the 27th. But on April the 28th, I want you to join me live for a special season finale of season two of Kit Like Faith. We're going to end Pixar Like Faith on a big high. And I'm going to have one of my favorite guests to Uh, break open the movies with me and we are gonna go and dig into Pixar's Onward you guys have been asking me to make sure I do this this season I told you it was coming and for my birthday finale what better movie to dig through than the one that's filled with so much magic it's gonna be great it's gonna be incredible and I want you to be there because I've got a little tricks up my sleeve got some giveaways I'm doing so make sure that on April 28th at 7 p.m you are on the line with me I can't wait to share with you and we are going to celebrate I can't wait to see you there Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kid Like Faith. That's K-I-D-L-I-K-E-F, the number eight, T-H. And make sure that you also check out www.kidlikefaith.com for your merch and for more information about the podcast. If you want to contact me, you can do so on the website as well. Or you can send me a message at K-I-D-L-I-K-E-F, the number 8-T-H, at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon. And until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!